Solutions family, partners, and friends, what is going on? What is happening in 2022? As we have already blown by the Ides of March, the NCAA tournament is in full swing, and we are now staring down the end of the first quadrant of 2022. The sand in the hourglass seems to be flowing at a much faster pace these days. This is Andy Erickson, your host of the Smart Acid Podcast, where we let borons be borons, and I'm here with the man whose timing is impeccable, his style is impetuous, his defense is impregnable. He is the man, the heartbreaker, Chris Ernst. How are you holding up these days, bud? Hey, Andy. I am great. Thank you for asking. I hope I hope you're well, and I love March Madness, so it's a good time. Anyway, we have a great show for our listeners today. We're going to take a field trip across the pond and head east to talk in live, in person, with the Duke of Solvents, Rob Lawton, who is going to give us the solvent view on what's happening in Europe. Then we're going to bring in the man, the myth, the legend himself, Ricky Lee Roth, to give us an update on where Crude is heading. So let's get at it. All right, folks, this is a real treat. Our next guest is not only an international man of mystery, globally he is known as the Duke of Solvent, Rob Lawton. He dates back to the years of the chemi trade, and he has been running the solvent business in Europe for years. Rob, man, welcome to the show. Hey, Andy. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. Now, Rob, rumor has it that you love the limelight and being the center of attention. In fact, in 2021, the word on the street was you're taking all the credit for all the craziness in the market. At least that's what the heartbreaker was telling me. Yeah, I'm not sure I would uh, take take all the credit, uh, but but I'm more than happy to take most of the credit for what was happening last year. Um, a very dynamic uh, 2021. All right. In all seriousness, thanks for coming today and being part of the show. We live in a world today that seems to be never have a dull moment. But before we dive in, would you be able to tell us a bit about your role and your areas of responsibility? Sure, Andy. So uh, my role is the um, business director for, for the solvents in uh, EMEA. Um, so in that role, I'm basically uh, responsible for our solvents business across seven or eight different countries here. Um, managing uh, the strategy and the local activity that we see. So really just uh, setting the right tracks, setting the right strategy and the right agenda for our business. And then on a uh, more day-to-day basis, making sure that we keep uh, keep on track with what we're trying to achieve. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate the background. Uh, so we'll let's pivot to kind of to current market a bit. And as you said, there's been plenty, plenty, plenty going on in, in your world. And Given everything with the current European conflict, how is that impacting solvent supply chain from your perspective? Yeah, we're seeing uh, obviously, you know, the tragic events that are uh, unfolding in front of our eyes in the Ukraine, um, having an enormous knock on effect in the European solvents business. Everybody will have seen what's been happening with oil and gas and energy prices. Uh, and that is really rolling through into uh, everything that we're touching at the moment. The key word, I think, Chris, is uncertainty. I think the real challenge that's facing everybody currently in the marketplace is is they're just not sure what's going to happen next. And that uncertainty is making life very difficult for our suppliers, for our customers. Um, and we are just trying to manage you know, through that, supporting, you know, both our suppliers and our customers to help uh, to help them to to try and find some clarity in these difficult times. It's impacting availability of product. It's clearly impacting prices. Um, we're already seeing, you know, things like ethylene and propylene at record levels, levels we haven't seen since, well, since, since they started measuring these uh, back in 2000, 2004. 
um, and that is feeding through to to suppliers uh, and the prices that they're charging and need to charge in order to cover those uh, costs. Um, and the difficulty is, it's very hard to know where this will end or when this will end. And that I think is is really preying on everybody's mind. You're making decisions that we would normally want to be doing with a, a relatively clear view over the next two, three months. And ultimately what we're facing at the moment is trying to make decisions without really knowing what's likely to happen tomorrow or the day after that. Um, and that's really impacting availability of product is becoming a challenge. Clearly Russia is a significant supplier both of oil, gas, but also some downstream products such as um, methanol and acetone into the European market. Those products are just not flowing in the way that, that they would have done historically. And that's meant that European players are having to quickly find alternate solutions. Um, and that is posing some challenges. And then really to add to that, we've got huge inland logistics issues. Um, again, a lot of Ukrainian uh, drivers uh, have had to return home for obvious reasons. Uh, and a supply of vehicles was already a challenge. And that, that's just been made considerably worse by this event, uh, these events. So we're, we're, we're kind of getting things coming at us from all directions, which is making life very noisy. And as I say, it's also creating all this uncertainty, which is just a, a difficult place for everybody to be. What industries are being impacted short term and how? Everybody's being impacted first, Andy. Let, let's, you know, we have to be honest about that. The energy price uh, surge that we've seen since, uh, since well, the end of last year, which has been compounded with, with recent events, will affect everybody. So that's affecting, you know, people are just as consumers, but all of our customers and all of our suppliers. So, so that is, is absolutely clear. Um, I think big challenges, though, for um, the refiners, for, for people who have been sourcing oil, who are now having to try and find oil from, from different sources, whereas previously they might have been bringing products in from Russia. I think that is, is presenting a pretty big challenge for those guys. The challenges facing the automotive sector have been you know, well documented over the last 12 months. The shortages of chips have, have really put some, some serious bottlenecks there. But here in Europe, we see um, you know, uh, certain, certain products are being supplied out of uh, the Ukraine. So again, that's just adding to the challenges they face there. There's a lot of agriculture and grain coming out of the Ukraine. So that's having an impact on ethanol and any downstream applications where ethanol is being used. So they would really be the areas that, that we are seeing in, in, in the short and immediate term are being impacted. And then that's flowing through. So that you know, if we have problems on the refineries, then that's feeding through then into, if you like, the more oxygenated solvent chemical manufacturers. And we certainly see, you know, people are having to turn units off. You know, they're having to reduce their production or stop it completely because their pricing just cannot keep up with the, you know, the upswing in the energy prices that they're facing. So again, I come back to that, you know, that I was referencing before. It's that uncertainty that's that's really, you know, so heavily impacting um, uh, across a broad range of industries at the moment. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that is set to continue. There isn't a definitive answer to any of this. And I think that's that presents, you know, some pretty unique challenges that we're having to deal with. 
really good insight and uh, you hit the nail on the head i think with with uncertainty for sure I, I agree with that perspective maybe pivot slightly for me you know any view or any thoughts from your perspective on medium and long-term impacts from what's going on yeah well i i mean you know chris uh, i i give my personal view but but with the health warning that i suspect it, it'll all be wrong uh, as the situation changes so quickly but i think it's very clear that what what this has brought to people's focus is that that you know possibly that reliance in Europe on Russia as being a stable and and you know long-standing supplier of some of these basic building blocks is now being challenged, and so you know it's clear that in the medium and long term, you know suppliers uh, manufacturers are going to have to look at their energy and their raw materials supplies, and they're going to have to consider security of supply um you, you know just just that consistency um and decide you know what is the best way of approaching that and i think you know the the, the clear message is that that, that over reliance on on russian gas particularly and to a certain extent uh, on oil as well is something that just cannot continue so I think that in the medium and, and long term, what we're going to see is people looking at that supply chain, looking at alternate sources and the infrastructure that they're going to need in order to, to support that. And I think it's, you know, it's clear here that, that sustainability is going to increasingly play a part in this. And I, that's not you know, necessarily a bad thing uh, for, for us and for the industry as a whole. So I think that was a journey that that as a whole, the industry is already very much on. But you can certainly see a logical argument now, which would be, you know, that that is going to accelerate, that people are going to start looking much harder at these alternatives. If, if we have to invest to provide infrastructure to store gas, to store oil from, from sources that we've not previously been using, you know, it's a reasonable argument to suggest that you know, spend some of that money and perhaps spend it looking at uh, at alternatives and to looking at more sustainable options. And Duke, our last question, which we ask all of our guests, if there's one takeaway you want a listener to have from this conversation, what would it be? Yeah, hard to to, to pin it down to, to, to one, but I guess, and it's certainly what I'm saying to my colleagues and to my team um, in, in these sort of difficult times, is one to focus so so you know let's stay focused on the things that 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 you know matter so controlling the controllables in, in an environment like this there is so much noise there are so many things going on there's so much turmoil that it is very easy to become distracted to to start trying to manage a whole variety of of, of different things many of which honestly we have to accept we just cannot control some of these things so I think the key message really to, to, to you, to your listeners is, you know, focus on the things that, that where we can make a difference, really, you know, focus in on controlling the controllables, because that's kind of what's going to make the difference to us in the coming weeks. Uh, and, you know, whilst there's lots of other things happening, they're just out of out of our ability to influence. Thank you, Rob. Uh, really appreciate your time. I know with everything going on, we thank you for taking a few minutes to spend with us and our listeners and appreciate your perspective and insights and hang in there, my friend. Talk to you soon. Yeah, no problem at all, Chris. Real pleasure to be here.
right, our next guest is no amateur to the Smart Acid podcast. Ricky Lee Roth has made an appearance on a handful of times on our internal airings. However, today is going prime time. So Ricky Lee, let's not screw this up. Welcome back, man. How are you doing these days? Doing great, Andy. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. All right. Before we get into the details, I got a quick question for you. And I don't know if you use a Bunsen burner or what, but how do you make oil boil? <laughs> Heat it up, Andy. Heat it up. All right. I mean, I'm not the subject matter expert, but I probably just would have added a B. All right, Rick. So let's let's switch gears to to the market. And with crude oil going just crazy bonkers, what's your take, current take, I guess, on supply and pricing? And I'm always interested in if your crystal ball works any better than mine does. That's a timely question, Chris, as always. Um, again, as you know, I'm uh, responsible for the a part of our hydrocarbon solvent, solvent portfolio, the aliphatic side. And you had a guest on a couple of months ago, um, Bill Grohl, a.k.a. Billy Piano Man Grohl, uh, who handles the aromatic side of the hydrocarbon portfolio, talking about this, this same topic. And back then, the, the word that kept being repeated by Bill, and in fact, his prediction of the future, was all about volatility. And he clearly nailed it, because back then we were referencing $15 changes in crude over 30 days as being unprecedented. Now we have $15 changes in crude in a single day. As, uh, as becoming not the norm, but it's become much more common. So we have more volatility now really than ever. Um, you know, the, the pricing had been kind of doing a slow and steady climb last year, and it was all really driven by the, the economic recovery and the opening and, and dealing with the pandemic. But it was relatively calm, uh, just steady. Um, that all changed and and really the pandemic became less of a concern and a factor when the whole Ukraine issue started. Um, Volatility increased just when the tensions mounted, Um, but then they really went crazy when when the invasion occurred. So we have, uh, it it introduced a whole new level of supply uncertainty to what had really been more uh, supply concerns with a growing economy. And it, uh, it has made the volatility greater than ever. So at the same time, we still have some um, potential impacts on on demand that that are putting downward pressure on crude pricing, which we've seen here recently with not only a big increase, but then followed by a big drop. Um, And COVID has come back with the the lockdowns in China. Um, There's potential lower demand based on uh, interest rate increases, um, concerns about the global economy. And we've had some uh, potential discussions about uh, improving supply with uh, Iran and Venezuela potentially being able to get back into the global oil market. So all of these impacts are potential big impacts. They're not just minor, um, you know, kind of directional swings. And that's really what's making the volatility so significant these days. So my bold prediction is, and my crystal ball, by the way, is not very clear, but my uh, my bull prediction is the same as Bill's. Just expect more volatility. Yeah, really great stuff, Rick, and appreciate that insight. So you you hit a little bit earlier on kind of demand destruction in crude oil a bit, and you know the daily back and forth of what the news kind of indicates. 
expand on that from a perspective of your current view related to uh, where is demand for the hydrocarbon molecules, aliphatic hydrocarbons specifically? Yeah, demand has been fairly steady. I have not seen any significant um, examples of demand destruction because of these price increases, although the largest ones are less than 30 days old, so they're pretty fresh. The other thing is it, everything's relative, right? So these increases are large relative to the historic hydrocarbon solvent pricing, but they're still small compared to some increases in other chemistries that have gone on since the freeze and then even recently. Um, so it, it, there's not enough change, I think, that uh, people are considering uh, moving from hydrocarbons into different chemistries. Um, we have seen demand short-term improved in the energy sector just with the, with the high crude values. So there's a positive going on there. Um, but, but overall, I, I would say crude pricing really hasn't impacted hydrocarbon demand per se. Last question for you, Ricky Lee. If there's one takeaway that you want our listeners to have, from this conversation, what would it be? Well, for our uh, original target audience for this podcast, which is the Univar Solutions sales organization, um, just remind them that keeping customers informed through this period is more valuable than ever. And then for potential new listeners, our customers, um, I would uh, my ask for them would be to ask for this information if you're not getting it. It is available, we have it. And it's a, a very important part of what Univar Solutions delivers. Awesome stuff, Rick. Uh, really appreciate the time. As, as always, I know we asked some questions that required a, a little bit of outside of the box thinking, given all the volatility and uh, given all the uncertainty and you know going on in the world and the geopolitical landscape and everything that you hit on. So uh, great insight as always. Appreciate the time. And thanks as always for joining us. Yep, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, that marks the end of our March Smart Acids podcast. I'd like to thank our guests again for joining us and for providing all the great insights. I'd like to thank Andy for all the fantastic dad jokes. Hope everybody had a great time and hope everybody listens to our next one when it comes out. Thanks. Have a great day. The Smart Acids. Breaking things down for the chemicals and specialty ingredients market, one boron at a time. Smart Acids is part of the Univar Solutions Podcast Network.